Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Today, we're taking a break from our regular format to sit in on the teaching ministry at Redemption Hill Church. So get out your Bible and let's get started. Um, so we're starting Advent um, this week. Now, if, you, if, if you're not familiar with how the liturgical church calendar works, typically from, from November 27th to December 3rd, somewhere in there, um, on that first Sunday of, of December or the last Sunday of, of November, um, Advent starts, okay? Um, now, now um, we should have started last week. Okay, and, and you probably might be asking why we didn't. That's super simple because I forgot. Um, <laughs> I, I literally forgot. I had the wrong dates marked. So I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. You know, who says? We could, we could start this week. But, but Advent is a great time because Advent really focuses on the word means appearing or coming. And so when we talk about Advent, we just don't talk about the, the, the coming of Christ as a human. We talk about the coming of Christ later as well when he comes back to the earth. And so it really encompasses all of that, right? And so for me, um, I enjoy this time because I, I, I get reminders about things, about, about what God did when he, when he interjected into, into humanity's affairs, right? And, and so this time for me, Christmas, I don't know, you know about what it is for you guys, but Christmas is a different time for me. I, I grew up very confused, right? I mean, I grew up Jewish, but I was kind of like a Jack Jew, right? It was just, you know, let me give you an example. Like, like we celebrated Christmas, yet we had um, a Santa Claus in the corner, right? If, if you ever want to mess a kid's head up, tell him that there's no Jesus and then put, put Jesus's nativity set out, right? That's, that was our home, right? We celebrated these things. And so I was always confused. I'm just like, what is this all about? And, and Christmas time is a hard time for some because for some people it brings back some memories. It brings back memories of maybe loved ones that are no longer with you. Maybe something happened during the Christmas or the holiday seasons, and there's kind of a cloud over it for some people. For other people, man, it's a glorious time, right? It's, it, it's an occasion. It's an opportunity to, to, to fellowship with all the Christmas means and the decorations and going out to the parties and throwing some back and doing, doing all what you do at Christmas, what the world does, and celebrating it right? But for heaven, you guys, it never changes. The focus, every single day, we look at holidays, we look at Christmas, we look at Easter, and we celebrate those days as, as, as markers of monumental occasions in history. But heaven doesn't recognize one day over the other. The focus is the same all the time. And when it comes to the focus of heaven, it is always focused on the Lamb of God. It is always focused, all the attention is focused on the throne of God. All the attention is focused on who comes out from the midst of the throne of God, a lamb as though it had been slayed. All the focus from the throwing of the crowns down in, in praising God, to the, to, the, to the angelic beings circling the throne day and night, holy, 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 the Lord is the center of the attention. 
in all of it. And you guys, the magnificence in, in what we celebrate, what it actually means. You guys, if we can mine it out and we focus like heaven focuses, man, we'll walk out of here seeing things the way God sees them. It'll be very different. So what I want to do, you guys, this morning is I want to go back in time. In fact, folks, I want to step outside of time just for a moment. I want to take us on the other side of this very thin veil, this very thin membrane that separates our reality from God's. It is extremely thin. I want to take us there, and I want to let God remind us of some things that's heaven's focus in a time when the earth is focusing on all this other stuff. And then, and then I want us to step back into time and I want us to let God tell us what he did and why he did it as we kick this off. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter one. John chapter one, starting in verse one. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world didn't know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all that did receive him, he be- that believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son of God from the Father, full of grace and truth. You guys, when, Abraham, when Matthew begins his gospel, He begins it with Abraham. He begins it with Abraham and he runs a genealogy down to Joseph. When John begins his gospel, he begins it in eternity. When Mark and Luke begin their gospel, they begin it in Bethlehem. When John begins his gospel, he begins it in the bosom of the Father. Right? Both Genesis 1-1 and John 1.1 both start in the beginning. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. They both start at the beginning. But listen, Genesis starts at the beginning and works its way downward to tell us everything that followed. But John begins his, his gospel by beginning and working upward to tell us what preceded, if you can even use that term in regard to eternity. This is the only verse in the Bible that I am aware of 
that, that pokes a hole in the membrane between our two realities and lets us see what existed before the beginning. Everything else in Scripture, even the conversations you see in eternity between God, between angels, between principalities and powers, all that stuff that you see is from the created order, meaning it was created after the beginning. But John starts and he lets us know something that in the beginning, right at the point, just on the other side of that membrane, there was God, the self-existent one, the one who doesn't rely on anything or anybody. He's just there. And then from him came everything else. This last week, um, my nephew called me and he called me, actually texted my wife, and he sent her a text, and he said, he said, okay, I'm ready, where do I start? And we were kind of like, what? And so he called me, and he was basically saying, look, I'm ready to pursue God. Where do I start? And so I started sharing the gospel. Now, I've had a couple conversations with him over the years and sharing Christ with him, but, but for whatever reason, his collision with life has led him to this place now where he's like, come on, I, I need to know where to start. And so I shared the gospel with him again and shared with him how, how you have nothing to offer God, that you are stained in sin. The gospel isn't that you can be good and work to God and, and go put in, clock in your time at church and your time in whatever calling you might have or whatever, however you want to serve, and then your checkbook and your money. That is not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about a broken creation being stained with sin and a God not willing to accept the ultimate judgment for that creation. So he steps into creation himself, he pays their sin, and he gives them the righteousness. Everything is from Christ. So as I'm sharing this with him, he asked me a question. In 27 years, I've never been asked this question and I didn't have an answer for it. And so, and I still don't. <laughs> So, I'm going to give you the question, and if you've got an answer for it, you can come and talk to me afterwards. <laughs> After explaining all that, he said, well, i got one question for you. I'm thinking, what must I do to be saved, right? Come on, dude, let's do this. He says, what's in it for God? What's in it for God? Well, You! Yeah, but you said that God doesn't need my love to be, to have meaning. It's not like, it's not like God is waiting to worship me. It's not like he's, a lo he's, he's lonely and he needs my fellowship. Like, would you hurry up and accept me because it's, this boredom is dying here in, in eternity. He's self-sustaining. He's self-existent for all eternity. So what's in it for him? I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I'm going to think about it. So those of you that are thinkers, put your hat on. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Whatever is in it for him, he assessed it and said it was worth the cost of his son. Whatever that is. And I can tell you this, a God like that, that loving God does not give that type of value up for something that's worthless. 
So we can talk about it when we get to heaven because the self-existent one doesn't need anything or anyone to worship him in order to be complete. But for whatever reason, God calls people to worship, to bow down. Now verse four says something. It says, in him was life. Folks, in him was life. That means before creation, before time itself, life dwelt in the self-existent God. He possessed life. None of this makes sense outside of him. He holds life. And he holds that form in his eternal habitation. And from him, it came out into existence. He possessed it. He spun it into creation and you have everything that you have now. In other words, life is God's. It's his possession. God said, let there be light and there was light. John said, light shined in the darkness and and the darkness did not overcome it. And guys, I think one of the things that God wants to remind us this morning, that focus of heaven when we're doing all this, is life comes from God. It comes from him. It permeates from him. It's extended and given to others. My parents didn't give me life. They borrowed it. My parents' parents didn't give me life. In fact, I can take that all the way back to the first human beings, and what I will find is that the possessor of life chose to pour life into this thing called creation, and everybody's breathing because of him. Everybody. And that is why it is deeply personal to God what man does with the life he gave him. It's deeply personal to God. People say, well, why would God care about me? Because God extended life that he possessed to you, and it's deeply personal to him. So that when I waste my life, when I throw it away on things that are, are, don't even matter in eternity, it's personal to God. When we talk about a personal relationship with Christ, this is what we're talking about. The author of life extended the gift to you and me, and it's personal to him, so we don't want to waste it. But people do. You guys, if you borrow a tool of mine, I got a lot of them. You come over and say, can I borrow a tool? I say, sure, I'll let you borrow a tool. And I come to church, and I'm walking through the parking lot, and I look in the back of your truck, and I see my, my, my saw on the back of your truck with snow on it. And I'm going, wow, that's my tool. <laughs> and six months later, you give me back my tool, and it's trashed. It's ruined. Steve ain't going to be blessed by that. I'm going to be like, dang, man, that was mine. I bought it. Like, I gave it. I lent it to you. And that is exactly what man did with the gift of life. He ruined it. And he invited death where there was no death. God gave him life. And God gave him the parameters of life and the blessings of life. And then man chose death. 
It wasn't good enough. And God warned him beforehand, I'm giving you life. God fashioned man from the, from the 17 elements that make up the dirt. And he put them together and he went, and he took the possession of life that he had from all eternity and he breathed it into man and they became a living soul. And he said, here's the parameters for life and blessing. And man chose death instead. And consequently, Romans 5.14 says that death now has reigned over man. It's reigned over him. Man became a, 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 death became a harsh taskmaster to humanity. And you and I, you guys feel that sting in a lot of different ways. Some of you don't have loved ones with you. This Christmas, you felt the sting of that death. Some of you are watching death play out every day. Maybe in your own body. Maybe in a loved one's body. You're watching decay take place. All of that was a byproduct of what took place in the garden. Nothing outside of the creation and the blessing of man giving them the breath of life was good in the garden outside of when they sinned. It was done. They chose death. And now... We get to take our kids to the hospital. We get to watch good friends die of cancer. We get to watch our bodies decay because all of it was a part of what God said, in the day you eat dying, you shall die. We chose death, and we rejected the gift that God gave us. But I want us to follow something here, you guys. The possessor of life did something. He did something. We're told in verse, verse 14, the one who gave life, the one who shined in the darkest of places, the one who man rejected, we're told that this word who existed from all eternity became flesh. This is mind-blowing to me. Nobody can picture this. I, I was watching the other day, I was watching the, the old movie The Matrix, Right? And, and there's this part at the end of the movie where, where Neo becomes one with the Matrix. And, and, and he realizes it. And, and, and the guys in the suit shoot him and boom, boom, and he dies. And then his little girlfriend is in the place where the Cyclopses are getting ready to come in. If you haven't seen it, you know, follow me here. <laughs> and she goes, Neo, the Oracle told me. The Oracle told me, you can't be dead because the one I would fall in love with is the one now get up. And he gets up, and in the matrix, he stands up, and all the men in the suits are like, ah, and they shoot their guns, and he goes, no, no. And the bullets just stop in midair. And he picks one of them up, and he goes, dink. And they all drop. And then he does something. It's crazy. He runs. He's one with the matrix. He's looking down the hallway, and they're all numbers and stuff. And he runs at the guy in the black suit, and he goes, ah, and he jumps into him. And the guy starts doing this, and then this break and this glow, and it's like, bam, and he's gone, and, and there's Neo. <laughs> in my mind, I reverse engineer that, and I think what it must have been like for the God of all eternity, whom heaven and earth cannot contain his glory, to go, Neo, wham, into the womb of a woman. Nobody put him there. Didn't come through procreation. 
He jumped into the womb of a woman and said, the same one that had life in himself said, life. Life. And she's like, say what? (laughs) (laughs) The same one who gave life jumped into her womb and said, life. And it was. You guys, that's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to me because the creator of all things, the one who possessed life, jumped into the womb and subjected himself in the most humblest of fashions when the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself and became a man. Do you know what that means for this God to do that? He jumps into the womb. He allows himself to be born. The one who gave birth to everything allowed himself to be born. He allowed, he allowed himself to have his diaper changed. This is the creator. He allowed himself to be held and trusted that Mary wouldn't go stop crying. I wonder, did he even cry? Was he ever fussy? All the women are like, man, I would have loved to have that kid. <laughs> Lord, one more. (laughs) This is his experiences of, of his experience of a human. This is God in human form. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh my goodness. Wow. Emmanuel, not friend with us, God with us. Sit on that for a while. And if the weight of that isn't enough, you have the proclamation of the reality of God's character that when he showed up, John said, we beheld the glory of the only Son of God, full of grace and truth. You guys, this word full is an amazing word. It's a glorious word. It's, you know, modern day, it's a sick word. Kids today, it's a dope word. Back in my day, dope meant something way different. But today, you could say, this word is dope. Why? The word literally means in the original language, never empty. Check this out, never empty. Picture you have a cup and it's full to the top with water and there's a hole on the bottom and there's a constant flow, a constant leak and you're noticing it come out but then you look up at the top of the cup and you realize realize it never empties. It never goes down. But there's a constant flow. It never goes down. And when you understand that, you understand what my life and your life is. It's a constant, as a Christian, it's a constant drain on the grace of God. But God's grace never drains. It just keeps going. Every day you live, every day I live, it's constantly, my existence is constantly demanding that, that either judgment or grace 
cover me. And so God's grace is never ending and it never empties. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's message encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.